O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Benjamin Franklin once said, Benjamin Franklin said a lot of things, but in particular he once said, God helps those who help themselves. Like most Episcopalians during that era, Franklin was a self-proclaimed deist. And as a deist, he believed that God created the world, he wound it up, and he let it go, and he would just sit back in his big recliner in the sky and eat his popcorn and laugh at us, right? He believed, deists and Franklin believed, that it was up to us whether we sink or swim. Their, their baptismal covenant might have sounded something like this, I will without God's help. Franklin was brilliant, no doubt, for a lot of reasons. But I'm afraid he got this one wrong. Like Thomas Jefferson, another nominal Episcopalian, self-proclaimed deist, Franklin and other Enlightenment thinkers, influenced by this guy named Thomas Paine, he wrote Common Sense in the Age of Reason, uh, they omitted parts of the Bible that talked about divine intervention. They left all those parts out. I have the Jefferson Bible in my office. Uh, and guess what happens when you leave out the parts of the Bible that talk about divine intervention? You get a theology that says God helps those who help themselves. More, more than anything else in, in, in mainline American church history, I believe, this way of thinking severely undercuts the power of the gospel. After all, the gospel of Jesus Christ finds its power in the truth that God helps those who cannot help themselves. Again and again, Scripture attests to a God who rescues a people who cannot rescue themselves, right? Uh, today, today's gospel lesson echoes the, the grumbling of those helpless Israelites in the days following their exodus from Egypt. We hear the helpless cries of the Israelites wandering about. And as we heard in last week's Old Testament lesson, the people of Israel tell Moses and Aaron that they would rather go back into slavery under Pharaoh than die out here in the wilderness. As, as the story goes, we know that God gives these helpless children of God food to eat and water to drink. And God goes against every bit of parenting advice you will ever hear and gives into their temper tantrum. Right? They're complaining, they're, they're, they're whining, they're throwing a fit in the wilderness. But God doesn't rain down manna, manna from heaven because they follow the rules. God doesn't hear their cry because they ask nicely and say please and thank you. God doesn't devise some way to meet in the middle where he can drop off the food. Rather, God rains down from manna from heaven to earth because God is faithful even when we are not. God is faithful even when we are helpless. I know what all you parents are thinking, because I'm thinking it too. If you give into your children's temper tantrum, then you're just destined to create a, a self-centered, entitled, spoiled little kid who grows up to be likewise. Along the same lines, you might be thinking, well, if we keep on giving handouts to the helpless, then they're never going to learn to help themselves. Friends, like it or not, this is the provocative and scandalous nature of the gospel. God helps those who cannot help themselves. This is precisely the risk our God is willing to take to save us again and again from ourselves. The alternative, I'm afraid, is death. 
The alternative will eventually leave even the best and the brightest out in the cold and dark to die because eventually even the best and the brightest will be rendered helpless, will, 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 or will be rendered to the point where they can't do it without God's help. And this is a truth that Franklin and Payne realize on their deathbed. Who will help me now? Who is going to help me now? God helps those who cannot help themselves. God helps those whom this world has regarded as a lost cause. God helps those who have given up even trying to help themselves. And God wants to help those who think they don't need any help. In our, in our baptismal covenant, we, we make a lot of promises, right? To respect the dignity of every human being, to gather in fellowship, etc., uh, etc. Et and what do we say each time? We say, I will with God's help. I will with God's help. We believe in a God who is intimately and actively involved in this world. And we make these promises, I will with God's help, not so that we might earn the reward of eternal life when we die. After all, Jesus has already promised, promised us eternal life when we die through his death and his resurrection. Instead, we make these promises because we believe that God can and will despite our helplessness. We make these promises because we can and will with God's help. We make these promises because without them, we will drown. Speaking of drowning, uh, our daughter Mary Catherine learned how to, to swim this summer because we motivated her with prizes. At the beach, Jamie managed to convince Mary Catherine to put her head underwater uh, by giving her or promising her a unicorn floaty. A unicorn floaty. A week later, we convinced Mary Catherine to swim without puddle jumpers uh, because we promised her a mermaid tail, right? Uh, but, but the real reward, the real prize for Mary Catherine and for us is not the mermaid tail. It's not the unicorn floaty. She's no longer the only five-year-old at the pool with a puddle jumper, right? She, she can go off the diving board with her friends. She now possesses a skill that's going to help her for the rest of her life. Pretty soon, that unicorn floaty and that mermaid tail are going to end up a pile into goodwill. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, uh, <clears throat> these, these prizes, these rewards are just a footnote in the bigger story, aren't they? Uh, like the manna from heaven. Uh, that is a footnote in God's larger story. Just a few weeks ago, we heard about the feeding of the 5,000. That's just a parcel of the bigger story of God. In today's lesson, Jesus says, your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Uh, this story is much bigger than the manna, much bigger than the feeding of the masses, much bigger than the unicorn floaty and the, and the unicorn or the mermaid tail, whatever. The story is much bigger than we go to heaven when we die because we are good little boys and girls, right? The, the true reward that God is giving us is he makes us living members of the body of Christ on earth. The bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. As, and as living members of this living body of Christ, we live and we serve and we love the Lord, not because of some reward of heaven, but because in Christ we have already discovered that reward on earth. The true reward is that we are called to be agents of peace and healing in God's salvation story now on earth as it is in heaven. Shortly before he was shot and killed in Hainville, Alabama in 1965 during the voting rights movement, 
uh, Episcopal seminarian Jonathan Daniels described his own experience of discovering that reward of participating in the life of Christ, a reward that we are given in baptism. Uh, Daniels wrote in his journal, uh, I lost fear in the black belt when I began to know in my bones and sinews that I had truly been baptized into the Lord's death and resurrection, that in the only sense that really matters, I am already dead, and my life is hid with Christ and God. And this is my favorite part. I began to lose self-righteousness when I discovered the extent to which my behavior was motivated by worldly desires and by the self-seeking, I can't say this word, and, and word couldn't say it either, messianism, messianism? Messianism of Yankee deliverance, uh, by the self-seeking messianism of Yankee deliverance. So he's been set free from this idea that he came to save Selma and, and the South. Um, and, and the only thing that really mattered was that his life was hid with Christ and God. A week later, Daniels received the most prestigious reward that any Christian can receive, a reward that can only be received and one is confident in the truth that the only life that matters is the life that is hid with Christ and God, a life that lives beyond death and the grave. Daniels gave his life to save the life another of another by stepping in front of a shotgun. Daniels gave his life because he was, uh, he was here for a cause he believed in, uh, human rights and equal rights, voting rights. Ultimately, Daniels gave his life for the Lord he loved. It's been said that the blood of the martyrs are the, are, are the seeds of the church. And for me, this is very true in the life of Jonathan Daniels uh, since I was a seminarian. Uh, the blood of Daniels has inspired, to me, inspired me to be more faithful and more confident, really, more courageous in the truth that our true reward is found when our lives were hid with God in Christ. Uh, our, our true reward is found when we let go of all earthly expectations, when we let go of worldly desires and cling to the truth that says, uh, the truth of Christ that says, I am faithful even when you're not. I am faithful when you stumble. I am faithful even when you feel like you have no control over the situation. So as, as we begin our last few weeks together as rector and parish, we will undoubtedly be consumed by uh, the unknown, by feelings of helplessness uh, about the future. And in my own experience, when we begin to feel helpless over the future, fear sets in and we try to control the situation. We do things that might be a little out of character. But friends in Christ, remember that God has already prepared a future for you that is bright and beautiful in Jesus Christ. And in, in light of that reward and hope and given in baptism, hold on to the promises that you've made to God and each other. Promises that say, I will with God's help. And even when you cannot hold on to those promises yourself, hold on to the promise that God has made to you in your baptism. Sealed by the Holy Spirit, marked as Christ's own forever, child of God. And above all, hold on to the truth that God can and God will for God always has. Amen.